0: Hi and welcome back to another episode of Voices. This is Voices.network. This is Voices Episode 17, Occupy uh, Democracy Demands Truth. And uh, we'll get an explanation of why that's the title this time. I'm glad to say my guest is Elizabeth Lee Beck. Elizabeth, please introduce yourself.
1: Oh, hi, Terry. It's good to be here. Thanks for making the time on a weekend to get the news out on the DNC fraud lawsuit. Uh,
0: thanks for being here. I, I know you've got a hectic schedule going, and uh, we've got a lot to cover, like always in this show, and not much time to do it. So let's jump right in. Um, sure. The the uh, democracy demands truth. Uh, that's a uh Zach holler, I hope so I didn't mispronounce his name a superb reporter he was new to me um can you uh if if you're looking at it, can you kinda touch on where that's coming from
1: oh sure so uh let me start off with the most recent development and go a little bit backwards uh in time okay. uh do. in uh on uh april uh twenty five of this year. Uh, there was a hearing, a court hearing, on the uh, defendant's second motion to dismiss. And of course, I'm talking about the lawsuit, the Wilding versus DNC lawsuit that was filed actually almost a year ago on June 28, 2016. Uh, a lawsuit filed here in federal court in South Florida. Uh, By by many people against the uh, DNC and Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz. And uh, we had our second hearing, court hearing, and uh, the defendants, who are the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, and uh, Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the former chair of the DNC, uh, are Seeking to have the lawsuit dismissed with prejudice from court. and We had a court hearing on that.
0: It can you, lasted can about you quick, three and a half what, hours. What's, yep. what's prejudice with prejudice?
1: Yes. So there's three possible outcomes uh, at this point. One is that their motion to dismiss gets denied, and that means the court is uh, not throwing out the case and then we will move on to the next part of the lawsuit, which is where we start to dig into the evidence, and that phase is called discovery. Another possibility is that the court uh, agrees with the defendant and dismisses the lawsuit with prejudice. That means the lawsuit is gone and uh, it's over. And the third possibility is dismissal without prejudice, and that, that generally means that Uh, The court wishes the complaint to be reworked in some way. Some some claims may have to be reworded, uh, uh, but uh, it's allowing the plaintiffs to refile their complaint after making the necessary changes. And I would not say that that is necessarily a bad result. Uh, It just means that the court sees issues with the way things have been worded and wants the plaintiffs to make whatever changes. But the lawsuit may very well go on. So those are the three possibilities at this stage of the lawsuit.
0: Okay. Um so we've uh we've got a quote by uh Zach. Yes. And he's got from from the closing arguments, I guess, is where the yes. quote comes from.
1: Yeah, so uh we had a three and a half hour uh hearing. And the transcript of that hearing is publicly available. So anybody can download it and uh, read the entire transcript, which is the closest thing to actually being in that courthouse when that hearing happened. And I invite every, every one of your uh, listeners to do so. And Zach Haller, Mr. Haller, he got a copy of the uh, transcript hearing as soon as it came out, and he spent, I believe, that following weekend, analyzing the transcript and writing what, is what I like to call the Seven jo- the seven Revelations article uh, that you sent me the link on that. And what Mr. Holler did was he, you know, he has a little bit of a legal background. He's actually a paralegal, was well, a paralegal. So he uh, combed through the hearing transcripts and distilled it in a, an excellently written article
0: Yes, it was. Uh, that
1: came out soon after the hearing, and it went viral, as it should have, because it was very well-researched and very well-written. And uh, what Mr. Holler picked up on, and what a lot of people picked up on, is uh, at the end of the court hearing, the, the judge uh, gave a quote. At the end of the hearing, he gave a quote. And I'm going to pick up the, I'm going to get the transcript right now.
0: Yeah, so I can't can see it, so it. I appreciate your being able to oh, sure. access that. Oh, yeah,
1: here and it we is. And we will
0: have links, by the way, to the things oh, yeah. that we're talking about.
1: At the end of it, he says, this is the court speaking, Everyone have a safe trip back, and I'll be putting together an order based on the arguments presented here today. I'll be candid with you. That's going to take some time. <laughs> The legal issues are complex for the court to consider and to rule upon. Okay? And right before that, he gives us this quote. I leave the lawyers with this. Democracy demands the truth so people can make intelligent decisions.
0: Mm.
1: End quote. And that is on page 109 of the
0: transcript. okay. And we'll have a link to that, too. Yes, yes, sir. uh, Zach's
1: article. Yes, and Zach Zach wrote an article, the Seven uh, Revelations article, and he basically read through the entire transcript and came up with a list of what he perceived to be the seven most egregious uh, surprises and revelations that came out of the uh The motion to dismiss briefing and the hearing and to go through it in a, uh, a briefly uh, I invite everyone to read mr holler's excellent article directly uh it's still available it's been shared uh, many many times, and it's gone viral. One of the arguments that they have made is that the judge and the federal court is not the appropriate entity to determine how the DNC conducts its private business, its nominating process.
0: Okay, uh, that was surprising to me. Um,
1: yes, well, uh, you know, the, the obvious response to that is uh, the court, any court in the United States can wade into the private business of any corporation if it is being accused of breaking the law. It's as simple as that. It doesn't matter. You know, we're not talking about the nominating process itself. You can, you can pick your, your nominees in a back room, but you better not tell people something else, right? Because that's a lie, and so this is a fraud case, and the the, the heart of the case is, is not the fact that the candidates were nominated one way versus another way, but it's the representations that were made to the public. Uh, the second point that Mr. Holler brings up is that the Democratic Party views itself as having authority to favor a candidate without any legal repercussion. Uh, and Mr. Hall goes into uh, goes into the transcript and highlights and highlights quotes as supporting this conclusion. But basically, uh, to paraphrase Mr. Haller, I think what he's saying here is that the DNC sees itself as being above the law. Okay, And that's what was dawning on folks as this hearing was unfolding. The third revelation uh, is that he picked up on the fact that uh, Mr. Holler thinks that the court is skeptical of the DNC's uh, arguments. And uh, you can read the transcript yourself and see if... Uh, You agree with Mr. Holler's uh, uh, conclusion?
0: Yeah, as I understand, point three is partial, party's impartiality clause is what this is based on. Yes. Um, Okay. And then number four.
1: Number four is that the Democrats insist that impartial cannot be defined. So, (laughs) what the heck does it mean to be impartial? You know? Uh. Uh, and uh, you know I think there was I was not there I had to be uh, uh, I was not able to make it to that hearing I had to be in another state for another case but I would imagine that when that came up there was a lot of uh, folks were just probably just boggling at the DNC's attorney uh, because that's kind of news in a court of law or the whole point of having the whole point of having a, a legal system is that we believe that laws are impartial. So what? What is? What is? It's when you say that that we cannot define impartiality. It it, it really is is a. It, it's a shocking thing to say.
0: I found it shocking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, number five.
1: Uh, number five is. Party procedures. Uh, well, yes. Well, the court actually. Uh, asked questions regarding how the DNC supports the state parties as they conduct the primary nominating contest. And uh, the DNC's attorneys did not give uh, firm answers. Uh, they, They said they didn't really know. I don't believe so, you know. So, so there's a,
0: there is a, basically we're talking about following the money here. That there's a, yeah, it's not like there's a an entity called the Democratic National Party which just prints money. It's coming from individual people, right?
1: I would think so, but you know Hopefully. this is something that we would start digging into during discovery.
0: I'm but, looking forward to seeing that.
1: Uh, I. I am, too. I think think a lot of people out there may have uh, uh, direct knowledge as to how the primaries are conducted in in the various states and the DNC's involvement in that. Uh, That is certainly something that uh, uh, can be fleshed out during the discovery process. But regardless, what Mr. Holler gleaned from reading the transcript is that the DNC's attorneys were not prepared to answer the court's questions on that score. Right. The sixth revelation is that uh, the DNC's attorneys took the position in court that as a matter of law, they do believe that they have the right uh, to uh, conduct the primary how they please, although they also say that they did conduct it in a fair manner they came out and said that we we are not obligated to conduct a fair primary. Just so you know, our position is that we are not legally obligated to conduct a fair primary. Now, we're not saying that we did, in fact, uh, run an unfair process, but we don't have that obligation. So to give you an example of what that means is, Let's say you're being accused of murder. there's a dead body or you know and you're being accused of murder. Now you can come out and say, "I did not kill that person," which would be a denial it's an outright denial or you can actually come out come out and say, "I have a right to kill that person." I'm not saying I'm the one who did it." But if, if I killed that person, it would have been fine. You see, that's a little bit of a different response to an outright denial. And what shocked people is that is that when the DNC's attorneys were in court, they basically gave the second argument. They, they're, they're, they're not saying, they're not coming out and saying, we absolutely ran a fair primary uh, and we're going, that is our story. What they're saying is, well, yes, we did run a fair primary, but you know what? Even if we didn't, it would have been fine. And people notice, you know, folks notice the distinction in in the position, and they are taking issue with that. They are taking issue with the fact that the DNC is saying that as a matter of law, they believe that they have a right, uh, that they they don't have a legal obligation to run fair primaries. So it's good to know that. It's good to know that now.
0: Uh because Just I think out that of was news to a
1: lot of voters.
0: What, you know? why do we have elections? Why do we have primary that's, elections? I don't know. I'm confused. Here. I,
1: I don't know. That's a question that I I don't know the answer to. I I thought the whole <laughs> point of having elections was that folks can go to the polls and vote and it meant something. But uh, that's a great that's a great question. If it's if it's all a sham. Why are you taking people's money and t- running on taxpayer dollars for this enormous event that spans months and months and months of of our time and resources in this country? If it's all a sham, I don't know why we do that. But we'll, I guess we'll find out. And the seventh the seventh revelation is, of course, the court. Uh, quote at the end of the hearing, democracy demands the truth so that people can make intelligent decisions
0: we've got about three minutes left in this section uh, sure. again this is beck and lee is is your legal firm that's uh your husband is uh is is part of this and uh and you are since it's part of your firm i guess um, yes wh- what are your How did you get into this? I mean, I'm sure that there are other things that would have been less complex than this case. Um, Can you briefly, how did you get here?
1: You know, uh, we saw certain leaks that came out in uh, early to mid-2016. So uh, we saw that there were... uh, it, it started dawning on us that there were uh, uh, some troubling uh, some troubling conclusions were dawning on us about how the primary was run based on some leaks that happened, uh, Gucci for 2.0 and then later leaks from WikiLeaks. And uh, I had been uh, a Bernie Sanders supporter in the primary, so uh, I had my ear to the ground, so to speak, on how that campaign had been run and how the DNC had run the Democratic primaries vis-a-vis Bernie Sanders. So uh, when folks when folks realized what was happening, I'm a lawyer, I, I see a claim, I offer my services, people hired us, and then we were good to go. It was that simple.
0: I've got about one minute left. Um, are, if you had it to do over, would you still do what you're doing? and and that'll make a lot more sense as we get further into this story. Um Oh,
1: you mean you mean oh, I don't I don't have any regrets on any case I've taken.
0: I'm glad to hear that. Um it's a uh, it's good uh you're making a stand. Um and and just in disclosure, I am a democrat. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm glad to see somebody's trying to make sure that Elections aren't obsolete. Um, that may be editorializing, yeah. but in this case, I I find it hard to be impartial about my vote. Yeah. Um, that's uh, we're about uh, 19 minutes into the show, and that kind of brings us back to the second part, uh, yep. the second segment here, which is gaslighting. Yeah. Um, I'm sick to death. Of gaslighting, uh, we've got a. We'll have a link here to the definition of what gaslighting is. Uh, this is about information control. This is mm-hmm. about gaslighting. Is about uh, making you feel like you're going crazy. Uh, sure. can, can you kind of touch base on the concept of gaslighting? Because you're, well, you're going to have I a postdoctoral sure. thesis by the time we're done. Well, uh,
1: gaslighting, I I think is a is a. I don't know if you would call it a pop psychology term. I don't have any professional background in psychology, uh, but I understand it to mean where you make somebody doubt their own decision-making ability by uh, if they question you, you attack them. So um, I think the classic example of gaslighting uh comes from interpersonal relationships, and I think that's where it first uh came out and uh, I'm not too sure about that, but an example would be that if you accuse someone for example of uh you know in the context of a of a marriage say, i think uh that, that's been very I think that was the source of where the word comes from.
0: And yeah, you it came accuse, from a movie originally, I think. But uh,
1: I, I'm so, yeah, if you accuse uh, someone of cheating on you, they turn around and they accuse you of being the cheater. You know, and they they uh, they point to supposed evidence as to why uh, you know you are what you accuse someone else of. But that's what my understanding of what gaslighting is. So I see that happening a lot in. In uh, social dialogue, uh, when we talk <laughs> about topics,
0: <laughs> or
1: anti-social dialogue, uh, I think it happens a lot less when people are talking face-to-face, unless you're family, then <laughs> you know, family will say anything. That's why it happens, in, you know, in, 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 in the familial uh, uh context so often. But I see it happen on social media because, you know, they're not looking at each other. It's very impersonal. Uh, and when you see a discussion on a topic that, uh, for whatever reason, you don't want, it's not a topic that you want to talk about. People, uh, you know, that people seem to... I'll give you a, a good example. Uh, with this lawsuit, with the DNC fraud lawsuit, uh, it is it is a difficult realization to know that your own political party is uh, betraying you. Okay, and they are—they they don't care. They don't care what you think. They don't care what you do. They don't—they are not listening to you. And I think for uh, many Democrats who supported Bernie Sanders, the realization happened in the course of the last. Year, year and a half, if not before, uh, and now they're, uh, they're 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 quite disillusioned and upset. Now there are some Democrats who may not have been paying much attention to Bernie Sanders' campaign because they supported uh, Secretary uh, Clinton, and so for folks like that, uh, our realization of of the process is an uncomfortable truth, they would rather not even talk about it. Okay?
0: Cognitive it's dissonance a topic. Is another they
1: they just they just dismiss you, okay?
0: Yes. yes. They
1: call you I think conspiracy theorists is something that is very
0: yes, I've been popularly called that recently. bandied about. Uh, yes. I have
1: to tell you, I have never been called that before. I you know, <laughs> I've been called that so many times uh, since taking the DNC fraud lawsuit, and the the interesting thing is, even just by talking about a, a subject and and just talking about a subject and talking about the facts alone will make people uh, completely lose their marbles and yell at you. Okay, so I'll give you a I'll give you an example. Seth Rich. Seth Rich was a young gentleman. He worked for the DNC. He, uh, WikiLeaks has tweeted about Seth Rich. WikiLeaks has said that they will not reveal sources of data. And then it hashtagged uh, Seth Rich. Seth Rich is a young man who was found uh, shot in D.C. and he later died at a hospital. His murder remains unsolved. these are all facts. Yes. Just by talking about this, there are people who will lose their marbles and start screaming at you and calling you a conspiracy theorist. And just by saying, we need to get to the bottom of uh, who killed Seth Rich, because there's a big bounty out there now, okay? It's over six figures, and nobody has come forward to claim this pot of money, okay? Uh you would think if it were some petty thieves now i 'm speculating, but i don 't know i don't work in law enforcement, so people in law enforcement could probably answer this better that if there were a bunch of petty thieves in the city having a a a pot of money like that, you would think somebody would come forward but i what do i know i'm not i'm not in law enforcement, but even talking about this, people get very, very upset and uh and they start to uh, accuse you of all sorts of crazy things. You know, and I don't take right. kindly to that. Uh, I no, think I'm... we can we can all talk about different uh, uh, different issues without having our character assassinated. Apparently, it, it's a you know I think uh, it's.
0: That's gaslighting. You know, we
1: all, we all, yes, we all have, we all, we all come from a certain point of view. It is true, and I think it's important to dig into people's motivations as to why uh, they're looking into this. But just because somebody is talking about a subject that you don't feel comfortable with, immediately writing them off as a crackpot is is not. It's it's not very productive. You know, and, and, is and yeah, and then and then they they, they come after you. They they see all yes. sorts of sensitive top. I'll give you another example. So I was uh, I was having a private message with one of my law school classmates who shall remain unnamed because I don't want him to get hated on. But uh, I was talking about my concerns of. Uh, because in the last year or so, I've been looking into uh, human trafficking,
0: mm-hmm.
1: worldwide human trafficking. It's not a topic that I've looked into before, but there's several books on it. Um, Jared, Jared bought a few. Um, I know he bought one. Uh, and I've been reading about it, and uh, it's, it's a topic that concerns me. Uh, there seems to be a lot of things out there, but nothing, no, no comprehensive investigation. Uh, and I was having a discussion with my, with one of my, uh, former law school classmates, and he basically came out and accused me of being a pedophile, because I wanted human trafficking investigated. Okay? To me, that's classic gaslighting.
0: Yes, it is. You
1: know, and I don't, I don't appreciate that. No. I'm and I unfriended not. him. Okay. And he can go to hell, because I, <laughs> uh, if, he, if he thinks that's going to work and make me shut up, he has another thing coming.
0: That. You know. When gaslighting. is... But it applied, works.
1: It works on yes, a lot of
0: people. Uh, extremely effective. That's why it's being done. And and I, another side of this is information control, and I'll have a link to. Coin counterinsurgency. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is a psychological warfare technique. It is mm-hmm. extremely effective. That's why it's being done. Um, this is not an accident. I believe that when all is said and done, we're going to see that there yeah. was there was intent. Although I can't prove that at this point, but I believe we're going to make a pretty good case before all is said and done. There are uh, we're we got uh, about. 11 minutes left in this yeah. section, and I've got a couple of different where gaslighting comes back into. Uh, Kim.com has, has, uh, has had volunteered to tell what he knows about Seth Rich. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an excellent article that'll be linked from a reporter who's been a, a multiple-time guest on this show, Susie Dawson, and she's talking about some of the disinfo that has been done um mm-hmm. and I I urge people to take a look at that before they make a decision on is Kim dot com uh, what his motivation is. Um any thoughts on uh the Kim dot com uh side of this story?
1: You know, I uh, I understand Kim dot com to be a gentleman in Australia. Who uh, is claiming that New Zealand? That I believe. New Zealand. Excuse me. New Zealand. Yes. Um, what you know, what I know about Kim. Dot. Com. You you probably know about Kim. Dot. Com. Uh, I, I. I I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, whatever he knows. I think it should be studied. It should be examined and studied.
0: Hopefully, that's expedited. But again, uh disinformation information control um, he's really having difficulties presenting what he knows and again take a look at Susie Dawson's article on that that'll be linked another example on this um, uh, that the ex-head of the party uh, Debbie uh, is it true that her brother is uh, like the prosecuting attorney in that area did, you know, I I've done very I've brief.
1: Reports? Oh yes, it seems like a conflict of interest. Well, Terry, I looked into it very briefly, and it does. Uh, and my research is based on uh, reading a Wikipedia article and uh, and a few uh, and the uh, the LinkedIn and uh, the LinkedIn article of Mr. Right. Uh, oh, Wasserman, and and yes, it does look like Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz's brother is an AUSA, uh, which is the, the Assistant uh, United States Attorney for D.C., and whether or not the Seth Rich murder comes under his purview, I couldn't say, uh, whether that's a local metro police under their jurisdiction, or whether it's an AUSA issue, but uh, yes, it does look like he is the AUSA
0: in the District of Columbia. And again, we shouldn't have to be guessing about this. We shouldn't be. This should just be a verifiable fact. Um, But once again, information control. um, I feel very uncomfortable even discussing this topic. And that really honks me off. Uh, Oh,
1: why why are you uncomfortable?
0: Source bias, I guess, to make a long story short. I'm uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with... The people that I have, how reliable the sources are yeah. that have made this connection. And I don't, I hate retractions. I don't want to say it and then have to retract it. But it seems like it's really germane well, to what's going on here.
1: I'm on I'm on a LinkedIn website. Stephen Wasserman, Assistant U.S. Attorney at USA's Office for the District of Columbia. Uh, He went to uh, George Washington University of Law School. He's been at AUSA since 2003 for 14 years. Apparently, he conducts all phases of federal criminal litigation with a focus on organized crime, narcotics, and violent offenses, experienced in investigations of large-scale and complex criminal organizations and networks, including organizations operating
0: internationally.
1: Sounds like a very and noble cause.
0: When it gets gaslighted, then the first question is going to be yes, but it doesn't say that that's his sister. So again, gaslighting. That uh, it shouldn't be this hard to get a simple question.
1: Answered. I mean, I'm looking at the Wikipedia article for uh, Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz, and it says there. So let me see here. Um, I just read it. Let me see here. I mean, take from it what you will. This is Wikipedia on Debbie Wasserman Schultz. And this uh, here in Personal Life and Education. Her brother, Stephen Wasserman, is Assistant USA for the District of Columbia. I don't think okay. it's a big secret. OK. I know some. I know some people. When you first tell them that, their automatic response is, "No," and they just contradict you because they're argumentative. But uh, cognitive it looks dissonance like is. is a
0: powerful drug. Um, and we well, people, had sh- you
1: know, people don't want to, People. I mean, you know, they. If you read, if you read, uh, if you read history, and I'm I'm no historian, but if you read it. People you know civilizations can be quite uh, quite breathtakingly um, corrupt and uh, malevolent now even in the last century, uh, you can see that in how various countries have treated their own citizens uh, and uh, the names uh, of Pol Pot. <laughs> of course, yeah. there's the 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 figure that that the figure that beats all other figures is Hitler. Um mm. I,
0: I, I beg to differ, ma'am. Maybe Joe yeah. Stalin's got a pretty good body count Oh well,
1: too. sorry, that's open for debate. Yes, yeah, Stalin. And of course, if you go back in history for millennia, <laughs> oh, yeah. there's other Nero. There's other figures yes. that yes. are part of the pantheon. Of,
0: of larger
1: than life <laughs> malevolence okay
0: yes good so
1: word. it happens it seems to cross uh races and ethnicities, all cultures seem to uh have people that belong in that wall of shame, and uh I think we have to uh be open to the fact that nobody is immune, nobody can rest easy. And, uh, and I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not making a conclusion one way or the other about our government, but uh, we have to be open to the possibility of looking at our government with critical eyes.
0: And if and we not don't with, investigate. And not with
1: we'll adoration, happen. you know.
0: Yes. Uh, we've got four minutes left in this section. Uh, there's an yes. investigative reporter out of Washington, D.C., TV reporter, and I'll have the tweets linked on it. Um, yep. He did a FOIA request. Uh, I, I don't know whether you can see that, but uh, basically, his FOIA request was denied. Um, mm-hmm. A big point in the gaslighting is uh, that the family, the family, the family says, the family says, and this guy did his FOIA request. Immediately got the gaslighting of, how dare you do that? The family denied. says don't. Uh, denied. And 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 that this reporter is saying I talked mm-hmm. to the family. It's right there, and people will mm-hmm. absolutely looking at it still completely miss the point that uh, this isn't theoretical. He's saying he talked to the family. They said, don't impede this investigation. I, I'm not saying it right.
1: I, um, look. You know...
0: It's gaslighting. (laughs) The
1: family family of a person who has passed away in a violent manner... Yes. uh, Obviously, you know, their wishes are important.
0: Yes. However,
1: the wishes of a victim's family do not and should not trump uh, societal the the interest of society to solve murders and get to the bottom of uh what happened um, you know it, it is it is it is not for the family of the decedent to determine whether or not a murder investigation proceeds i'm sorry it's not okay and yes uh, it, if we don't know who killed Seth Rich. We don't nobody seems to know that for a fact, okay? It's an unsolved murder, All right? And I know that some people are saying, let it be let it remain an unsolved murder. Let the family move on. Uh,
0: but if they're saying that there's I don't also even a know yes that would be an allegedly, so
1: that's yes. Yes,
0: Gaslighting. but once again, we don't you know, have answers.
1: yeah, I'm I mean, people are, people are questions. being yes, people are, are being told that they're being very insensitive to a grieving family
0: I've if been they told that. call
1: for an investigation. And I would just like to say uh, that uh, I don't think law enforcement gives up on solving a murder because the victim's family tells them to stop
0: okay we've we've got two minutes left uh there's supposedly a lawsuit has been filed recently to release these tapes i and yeah. and again i don't know i don't know that much about it i was hoping you could find in a, a confirmation of that in fine law or something uh because once again no clear answers and, and you get in trouble for asking questions um right.
1: Uh, it's, it's FOIA's. We have, I believe we have Ralph Nader to thank for our current FOIA laws. He did a lot of work in that, uh, and uh, we reap the benefits of his activism to this day. Uh, but FOIA laws, uh, they can obviously reject them, and you have to start digging around, and uh, you know, eventually you may have to go into a court of law if, if they're stymieing your FOIA requests uh, to an excessive degree.
0: There's also a report, and I'll have it linked, that the family has made an effort uh, to get Metropolitan Police Department to release what they have at the mm-hmm. same time that that we're being gaslighted that how dare you ask questions. The family is asking questions, it would appear. Um, yeah. Again, we'll have that link. I can't tell you whether it's right or not. And the point yeah. here is it's gaslighting. There shouldn't it should just be a fact. A yes or no. Is this falsifiable or not? Um, and wow. we'll never get to the bottom of it if we don't ask. Right. Um, and, and we're really kind of, that's, uh, we've only got about 19 minutes left in the show. Um, it kind of brings us to our third section. And uh, that's Democracy Demands Truth again. Um, yep. but, uh, the of uh, conspiracy theory. I've, 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 I've mentioned this before. When you mm-hmm. legal types, it's not conspiracy theory when you guys get done with it. It's conspiracy charges. And that's a much better thing. So I'm mm-hmm. glad to see that there's a legal attempt to try to drag some of these forbidden facts into the public knowledge. Um, yeah, You've got a quote out that's uh, Saying Seth Rich would have been uh, called as a witness? He would have been
1: a potential... He would have been, yes. I think he would have been a potential witness in our case because he was... was, uh, It it depends on what he knew, but I understand he was in charge of uh, voter mobilization. uh, Okay. And uh, that was... But who knows how that organization is run. Uh, He may know quite a bit about how the DNC runs... uh, you know, the primary voter uh, mobilization for whom? For which states? How involved is the DNC in individual states' voter mobilizations? Is it a top-down organization? Uh, how embedded are they and how things are run? Uh, these are all factual questions, and Mr. Rich could very well have been an important witness to answer them.
0: Uh, Sean Lucas would... At the- you guys are on the record as saying Sean Lucas.
1: Sean Lucas uh, was supposed to be a witness uh, because uh, yes. the, de- the defendant's first motion to dismiss was based on improper service, which is a generally considered to be a big time waster, and most defendants don't do that, uh, especially when they have lawyers show up uh, because uh, you just reserve them. But they decided to uh, uh, fight us uh on this and, and claimed that they were not served properly. Uh, and what, as we were getting ready to rebut that charge, we found out that the crime, the, the, the only witness really to service uh, is, is the process server generally. And we got okay. news that our witness had uh, very suddenly uh, died.
0: Won't
1: be asking okay. him any questions, Dan. Right. Um, so, um, right. And uh, you know, when the news, when I got the news, uh, the the person who was delivering it to me was seemed to be very freaked out. This wasn't a case of, oh, you know, Mr. Lucas had uh, had some health issues, and he had been fighting and, you know, he finally passed away, they seemed very much freaked out because you see Mr. Lucas was very, very proud of his contribution to the lawsuit, and you can see that uh, because the service of process was live streamed on Facebook, and the video was up on YouTube, and, you know, I service of process is generally not filmed. Uh, how it's proven is the process server signs an affidavit, and that is the only memorialization of the service. But in this case, we filmed it because a lot of people are interested in the lawsuits, and we wanted to let them know what service of process looked like. So we live-streamed it, so we had the video. So at the hearing, we played the video for the court, and the gentleman who filmed it, the the, the filmmaker, he also uh, was at the hearing, as a, as, a, as a witness. But no, we were not able to offer up our process server as a witness because the, after the defendant filed their motion to dismiss for improper service, he passed away very suddenly.
0: Uh, another issue here to me is uh, you filed just this week, just a couple of days ago, improper contact. Can you tell us about that, please? Uh, yes. So uh, this is left. the
1: this is the latest, uh, um, perplexing development, uh, unexplained development. We, uh, we we get calls. Our office gets calls from folks all the time who wants information on the lawsuit, and we provide the public with public information. Okay? but we will obviously will not discuss legal strategy. Uh, with anybody who calls uh, because we don't think that's doing the lawsuit good service. Somebody calls and says that they're a member of the class, but we'll share public information. So, uh, a couple of days ago, we got a call uh, and my uh, assistant uh, answered it, and the caller wouldn't identify themselves. And uh, uh, ask a lot of questions about the lawsuit. Now, we don't give out strategy questions. We don't we don't give out confidential information over the phone. We'll, but we We'd will be share unethical, public information. Right? We're not going to do that, even if you say you're a you're a class member. I mean well, you know, we don't we don't we're not going to do that. It's very irresponsible. But we will very freely share public information. And so okay. that is what my assistant did. Uh but she said she called the call bizarre because she realized that the person calling, first of all, would not identify themselves. And secondly, uh, was, mo- was uh, uh, modifying their voice using one of those uh, machines that make it very difficult to recognize your voice. And, uh, I would find she that bizarre. Tell- I'm sorry?
0: I-, I would find that bizarre, yes.
1: Yes, and but... she said that she couldn't even tell if the caller was a man or a woman. That's how disguised the voice was. And the caller ended with okie-dokie and and hung up. Uh, And then, well, we have caller ID, so I looked up on a hunch, I just looked up the number, and lo and behold, it's the number for uh, Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz's Aventura office. Aventura is actually in Miami-Dade, which is the county that we're in. So I sent... An email to the lawyers for the other side, and I filed it with the court. We notified the court that we were getting calls uh, from somebody who seems to be calling from the uh, Aventura office of Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Now, uh, the DNC and the defendants, Debbie Wasserman Schultz and the DNC, through their attorneys, filed a response in court, and they have notified us that they have referred the matter to Metro Police. They have also stated that that office is closed for repairs. So, uh, you know, I don't know who made that call. I don't know. Uh, I guess you can spoof numbers. I'm not an expert on that at all.
0: Uh, So, and and again, I assume these are sworn documents that will have linked your your document that you filed and their response document that they filed.
1: Oh yeah. No, I'll give you the link for that. Uh it, my we'll link is just then. my email to them and the I took a I took a I took a shot, a picture of the uh the caller ID.
0: I saw that yeah. in the uh, the court filing yep. that it's online yep. and we'll have that linked. And their response is also a sworn statement, I assume. And
1: no, it's not a sworn statement. No. It's just it's oh, just how uh, regrettable. It's, no, there's no sworn statements.
0: Okay, uh, well, impunity.
1: They're just conveying what they're told. I'm sure. I don't. I wouldn't know. You'd have to talk to them. But no, there's no okay. sworn statements in there. There
0: there's are. There's no sworn uh, statements
1: in mine either. There's no sworn statements in what we filed. I just filed my email with the uh, with the uh, with the supporting documents. But I mean, I'm 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 doing I'm doing more than just. Filing something with the court, I'm actually filing evidence of what I have.
0: As an officer of the court, there are repercussions for. Uh, it's not a good idea for you to lie about stuff like this. Is, is that? Well, I think
1: you should lie in general, but definitely as an officer of the court, you shouldn't lie to court. Okay. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, once again, I, <laughs> uh, uh, gaslighting. Why? Well, I, uh, I I have no idea what's going on, but. To even talk about it sounds like, uh, it, it it this just sounds crazy, um, which brings us to, uh, the last ten minutes here of the show, another good article by Zach. <laughs> I feel like I'm Zach's publicity agent here, but he really is doing good reporting. Oh yes, um, he is. Yep. He he did uh, an article on the, uh, is it a Wan Brothers, which was new to me. Uh, can you? Kind of touch base on what he's talking about there from a legal point of view. Um, he's some of the issues there, uh, and he's he's bringing into it yet a third person who can't give any kind of testimony. A prosecutor there in Miami. I um, will have the article linked. Uh, I I edited a, a statistics manual. Uh, yes, because I needed the money, and there 's a lot of dead bodies on this story. I would have to find this to be a remarkable statistical cluster, which is the best I can say at this point and I you will know
1: you know, I know i just i had this this Twitter is just crazy, but I have this yes. woman on twitter i don 't know who she is, but i she seemed to be some woman who's affiliated with a media outlet in New York City. And she called me, I believe I believe it was her, she called me a conspiracy theorist
0: huh.
1: for some tweet about, maybe I tweeted about Mr. Rich, I don't remember. But I told her, I said, you know, don't call me a conspiracy theorist because two potential witnesses in this case are now dead, and they both look to be healthy, young men, and they both died very suddenly, okay? I mean, what, the odds of that happening now. There's Mr. Okay. Now there's Mr. Branton J. Wisnett, Jr. Yes. I um. I I saw Mr. Branton J. Wisnett, Jr. He's an attorney. He's an attorney in Miami Dade, which is my county. He's a federal prosecutor. Okay. Uh, uh, the same position, by the way, as Debbie Wasserman Schultz's brother. He, that's the, the same type, okay? It's a federal prosecutor, a USA, right? Right. Uh, but he's not in DC. Mr. Wiseman is in here at Miami Dade, in the Southern District of Florida, which is the same district as the DNC fraud lawsuit is pending. Anyway, I don't personally know Mr. Wiseman. I did not, I did not know him, uh, but apparently he, uh, he also uh, met. A sudden death, and his body was found in Hollywood Beach, which is uh, one county up in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, from what I understand, all his belongings were on him, and and uh, he was fully clothed. and He was he was found with a uh, with a trauma, uh, with blunt force trauma to his head, uh, possibly a gunshot wound.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, and that's what Mr. Holler is writing about. How Mr. Wiseman is connected to the DNC fraud lawsuit, if anything, I don't know. Uh, nope. What kind of work he was doing at in the Southern District uh, as a federal prosecutor, I don't know. I don't know that. Uh, I haven't had a chance to look into that. Um, there has been... I have seen some uh, information that he was working on visa fraud cases. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Whether he was... Wor- or he was... Rec- he was uh, Investigating visa fraud and uh, how that ties into uh, the awan brothers uh, i'm not I'm not sure
0: well okay, but I, I know
1: this I know Mr. Wisnett was a father of three kids.
0: Mm. He
1: was a friend of a friend, okay. he's a federal employee. His death remains unsolved.
0: And an officer of the this court. It's all
1: very, yes, it's all very concerning to me. Uh, as well as it we should be have, to all of us. Uh, yes, that we can have federal investigators uh, die like this. Okay, and uh, it, it's, I guess it's just another day in the USA? Really?
0: Gaslighting. Uh, again, the, the gaslighting technique. Uh, Newsweek ran an article and characterized this whole issue that we're discussing for the last mm-hmm. almost hour as a yeah. right-wing issue. Um,
1: a right-wing issue, really. We have a we have a federal late. prosecutor that is dead. Okay, and federal prosecutors are are not their their jobs are not in the line of fire usually. Okay, we have federal prosecutor dead unsolved and it's a right wing issue really i'm
0: i'm not sure they characterize specifically the 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 ausa uh, untimely death as a right wing issue i'll have the article linked and people can read it and draw their own conclusions but i'm a democrat i'm not a right wing that's
1: right i'm a democrat
0: You're a democrat and not a right wing i'm a, i'm still
1: um, i'm still a democrat and i'm still a catholic you can ask me why I'm either of them, but
0: uh, I am. I'm in another Sorry. show. We'll, my husband, we'll he's,
1: up. I don't know if he's still a Democrat. He may have been exited. Uh, it, my husband's family is all very staunch Democrats.
0: Going I, back I was hoping we could get him on the show, too, but he was pretty tied up trying to get uh, this case, keep it going. Uh, we've yep. got uh, three minutes and a half left. Um the world is watching. Hashtag world is watching. Um, I
1: hope so. You're
0: no, kinda count, on uh, count on it. I count on it. And 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 that's I've seen people raising concern for your safety. Um, yeah. That there are people who are concerned for your safety, and I really want to stress you are not alone. Um, please okay. feel free to reach out. Uh, the best thing that you can do, despite what the gaslighters want to tell us is keep doing what you're doing and thank you for standing.
1: That's Uh, why I'm screeching like a stuck pig. (laughs)
0: Uh, You know? Which brings us back to that question if you'd have had it to do all over again would you still do it?
1: Well it's kinda like saying you know you're in the well first of all it's kinda like you're in the middle of a triple bypass heart surgery and you're looking at, you're looking at I'm, I'm, you know, you're at the operating table and you're like, Bob, if you could do it all over now that you're cut open like a like a chicken right now, would you still go through with the surgery? I mean, do we have a choice? I'd rather not do a surgery, but don't we need it?
0: <laughs> all in all, I'd rather be in Philadelphia was uh, <laughs> W.C. Fields' famous response. Uh, And I think we're all feeling the urge to be in Philadelphia. Um, Hmm. About a minute and 50 seconds left. Please, uh, what are your thoughts here, final thoughts? What do we need to know?
1: My final thoughts are to follow the lawsuit. Uh, It's your lawsuit. Separate the lawyer's personalities from the merits of the lawsuit. Uh, They're not really related. And uh, support the lawsuit. It's your lawsuit. And uh, you know, hopefully, we as a country will be at a at a much better
0: place down the road. And to the people who are trying to make sense of all of this, uh, the second president of the United States was John Adams, and he's mm-hmm. quoted as saying, "Facts are stubborn things." Um, yeah. How do people uh, how do people find facts? How do you make how do you make a decision as to what's going on? Because when it really comes down to it, is people are going to have to think for themselves no matter how uncomfortable.
1: That's right. that's right. Um, we're, we're all going to have to, 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 to consume a lot of information and come to our own conclusions. But uh, the court seems to have faith that if we give, if all the information comes out, we can reach the right decision. And I firmly believe that, too. And uh, John Adams may have said that, but I believe there's another quote floating around that says, if you say a lie often enough, it becomes truth. So what we are is we are engaged... It's a much more uh, uh, a sinister uh, truism, but uh, and I don't even know if it's a truism. But uh, I think we are all in a struggle. Each one of us are in a struggle to find out what the truth is when there is so much untruths and disinformation. So, what what is going on? Uh, uh, i uh, my guess is about as good as yours. But we can all we can do is uh, rely on our own internal moral compass. Uh, look at the facts as they become available. Look at the law.